I think what I'm saying is, is that, you know, they're going to have a skill that you want, but you're going to have to coach up some of your skills, right? Um, and you have to identify where the, where some of the areas are that they need help and you have to work on it with them. You have to be very frank about it. Welcome in to Winning at Work, episode number 40. Really love this one. Something really unique happened. First thing, talents are hidden. Superpowers can be kind of buried if you're not used to looking inside of yourself and understanding what your skills, what your strengths are. You might be doing something that is so natural to you, other people see it, and you don't realize it's one of your gifts. I actually had to work with a personal coach to really dig in and to discover what it is I do really well. And I witnessed this really interesting phenomenon with my guest today. In this episode, you're going to discover how to build a great sales team. And in the midst of all of this, this whole thing unfolds with my next guest, Thaddeus Thorne. Thaddeus is the VP of food service at Sambazon. Sambazon is this really cool organic food company based in California. You can tell this company has a really cool vibe, culture, product. Thaddeus is this laid back, really smart, savvy surfer. It just encompasses everything you would imagine a cool company would be based in California. Stay tuned. And when it's over, make sure you head over to social media. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to see if you picked up on what I picked up on during this episode. Well, welcome into the program, Thaddeus. Glad you could be with us this morning. Yeah, thanks, Tony. I'm uh, really excited to be here and uh, looking forward to our discussion. I, I really appreciate you coming off the uh, waves uh, to find some time to talk to us. I don't, I don't speak to too many guests that literally go surfing in the morning, but I guess that's just the advantage of being in California, right? It, it, it is certainly an advantage. I feel pretty fortunate, but it's also a good way to clear your head, right? It's good to get out there, get some exercise in the morning and, uh, you know, kind of connect and then I'm ready to go. I'm so jealous. <laughs> um, I, I think a lot of people are. <laughs> yeah. Like you say, you know, don't hate. That's right. Um, well, I, I'm really interested in this topic of, you know, why build a multifunctional team and how to best use a multi-talented uh, or dimensional team. So what, what does that even mean in the first place? What is a, a, a multi-dimensional or functional team? Uh, for me, you know, I think it's interesting because I'm on the sales side of the business in the food industry, of course. And, um, yeah, I think it takes all, all types of people to be in that. And, and when I think about sales, I think some people tend to think that, you know, in the food industry and in sales, we're, we're like, um, like, you know, used car salesmen kind of, you know, it's kind of a, <laughs> kind of like, you know, you're out there peddling and doing these one-time transactional deals and it's really not that right. It's, it's relationship building. And so, when you look at the, the, the multifunctional team, what I look for, uh, and you know, if I back up a little bit, you know, I have, I have a chemical engineering background and I sell food for a living, right? So weird, right? Most people are like, wow, that's interesting. Why would you do that? And it, I think that my ability uh, to deal with kind of the complexity, complex situations and everything from an engineering background and break things down really helped me with that. Um, and then as I look at the team that I've assembled, the great team that I have, 
you know, it goes beyond just the ability to sell and, and create those relationships because to me, that's actually kind of the easy part. You've got the good product out there. You're getting it in front of people and that kind of does the work, but there's a lot more to it. Uh, there's, you know, my, my team, I've got a couple guys who have backgrounds as chefs, um, which you think would make sense for, for, for the food industry, but exactly um, kind of he, speaking to your audience. Yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, one of them actually used to be like a general manager of a, of a restaurant cafe. And again, what you, what I pull from that is that they're able to be personable and deal with people and kind of that consumer interaction. And that's really, you know, understanding people and, and that's what you need to do in sales. Um, you know, then I've got somebody on my team who's really kind of that, uh, that hunter, right. That goes out there and is just constantly pushing and, and looking for, for new things to sell and new ways to sell. And uh, you almost have to rein them in sometimes. Right. And then I've got somebody who has a traditional background that studied uh, hospitality and management in college and went right into food service sales. And so, um, you know, and then, you know, I've got somebody else who really is more into the vibe of the product, right? So, he, you know, he's, he's an environmentalist and he loves, you know, at, you know, at Amazon, he loves, you know, what we stand for. And so what's cool is that they, they all bring a different background. And when you get them all working together and talking, uh, that's where the magic happens and they, they really become an effective unit. So that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Functionally, right? It's a, it's a sales organization, but backgrounds, interest, and passions so completely different. That's this multifunctional team. Because I think a lot of people, when they're hiring, they tend to try to hire kind of like them. You don't have any engineers on the team. You know, you kind of play that role, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And thank goodness, because we'd probably butt heads, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe that's intentional. I don't know. Um, no, I, I think it, I think it is. You, you want to have, a, you know, you don't just want like-minded people. And, and, and in fact, when I when I go into interview processes with these people, uh, you know, that's really what I'm trying to glean out is is where where are they different? Because we want different. We want diversity. You know, we want people that have different backgrounds because they see things from different different perspectives. And if you're willing to learn from each other, I think that's really what helps an organization thrive. You know, if if one person on my team can talk to somebody else and really get perspective um, in a different part of the country and look at it a different way, they may, they may learn something from that. And they may take that and they become more effective as a salesperson. Um, you know, and then I think the, the rest of the, the background information also helps internally, right? Because I think it's, it's interesting. I tell people a lot that when you're in sales, you spend half your time selling your product and half your time telling people within your own organization that how you're selling your product, right? So you got to kind of sell on both ends. And it's, it's really uh, being able to interact with people and, and build those relationships and, and work cross-functionally, not only uh, externally, but also internally. And so you've got to kind of feel out the personality to make sure they're going to they're gonna vibe with the tribe, so to speak, right? And I, I was fortunate enough to, to work with a really good recruiter. And I, I encourage people to work with recruiters because, uh, and if you work for them over a course of time, even at different companies, what's nice is they, they learn about you. And so the recruiter I worked with, you know, she kind of knows how I am and she can look at the resumes that are coming in and the people that she's talking to. And she kind of already brings me candidates that she knows will kind of, kind of vibe with me. Um, and then from there, you know, when I, when I do my interviews, it's kind of funny. Um, I don't actually look at the resumes most of the time. You know, I tell people like I can read, but we don't need to look at the resumes because um, you wouldn't be talking to me if you didn't have the requisite skills. Right. So I know you're already able to do the job. Now I need to figure out if you can, if you can really mesh with the team and everything else. 
And I don't know, that's just a conversation. You know, I think uh, you can tell when you hit it off with somebody right away. Um, and, and that's, that's what happened with these, with these individuals, you know, is, is you just kind of hit it off with them and you don't really talk about the job. You talk about work and life and how they, how they view things. And you can kind of get that feeling as to whether or not they're going to fit with your team. So it, it starts, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a couple people, you know, it's really, you've got to, you've got to understand, you know, what you're looking for in the business and, and what you need on the, on the team. And you need different different team members, you know, just like, I don't know if you want to make a sports analogy. I know everybody does that all the time, but when you play basketball, you know, you've got a, a center, you've got a couple guards, you know, support, they all play different roles. So you need that, I think, to be successful. I think that that actually applies to this situation. When I think of sales and a sales team, I think of, you know, a sales team, they're sort of homogenous and so they all kind of go out and do, do the same thing, but you're describing a situation where maybe it is a little bit different because uh, you only really pointed to one hunter. Right. Yeah. And they, they all, I mean, they all want to go out and be successful, but they're, you know, there's different ways to approach it. You know, one of the guys is a little bit more kind of quiet and just goes about and does his business, you know, and doesn't have to really be boisterous about it, you know, and, and there's other people that are a little more detail oriented and they ask a lot of questions and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think you need, you need that. And, but what, what you see, especially, um, you know, with now we're doing all these Zoom calls and everything, or whatever. You know, these 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 video conferences because we're not out on this out on the street or in airplanes flying around. You see the personalities come out, but then you see the other team members see it. You know, they'll they'll look at the hunter and be like, "Yeah, you know, I kind of got to get fired up and go after it a little bit more." You know, they see that, or you know, the hunter may look at somebody and say, "You know, oh, I need to be a little more detailed on this presentation next time." Right. So they kind of they kind of learn from each other, and then they they build up those other skills that they they may not have you know as as good you know, they might not be as good at. I see. So when you're talking about the difference, you're really talking about stylistically and kind of the skill you know skills and traits that they show up with. We're 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 doing some transitional work right now, and I needed somebody who's really detail oriented to to handle this. Right, it's it's a very complex process to onboard some people and and, and whatnot. And uh, the person that I picked for this is is the person that's super detail oriented on my team. Right, and sure enough, the first call we had with the with the onboarding people that we're doing this work with, he had this like amazing detailed list of to dos and checks and balance, you know, everything laid out exactly perfect. And I was like, yep, he's the right person for this job, you know? And, and that's what I, that's what I like about it. And the, the rest of the team knows that too. Like they, they want to be involved in it, but they know that he is the one that's right for doing that job. And that, you know, there's no jealousy there. Like, Oh, I picked him over somebody else. Right. They get it. Like they get that. That's what he's good at. So that's why we use it. Right. And that way you play to your strengths and everybody, uh, you know, everybody wins because we all win together as a team. And I think that's another thing that you've got to be careful with in sales. And uh, especially if you're dealing with a, a structure that's like commission-based, which we're not, I don't like commission-based sales structures uh, because you, you tend to lose strategy and you go out and you just try to sell whatever. Um, and so we want to maintain strategy and focus. And so, uh, you know, you, you've got to kind of be careful there. Um, you, you want people to, to sell the, the program the way that you're doing it and be strategic about it, right? So instead of commissions, you have more of a uh, like a, a profitability bonus. It's a yeah, it's a salary, and then and then a bonus based on on, on um, your hitting your target and and your uh, you know targets for SGNA and things like that, right? So the financial obligations on the P and L, and then also the overall you know the old, hitting the overall strategy in your KPIs. Well, and, and that and keeps so, a healthier balance sheet too, because if they're if you know a lot of commission based people will sell something with you know if they don't they don't pay as much attention to margins. 
Right, exactly, and that's and or they load up, right? They're like, "Hey, can you can you help me out by by buying a bunch of this stuff right now?" You know, and then the people sit on it, and and the other thing is, is that that way too, you know, it's a healthy competition. Each each region has a, t- a target that they've got to hit, but you know, they they look at somebody else's region, they're like, "Wow, he's really killing it. I need to I need to step up a little bit more." Or somebody that's doing really well may reach out to one of the other team members and say, "Hey, you know, what can I do to help to help bring up your sales a little bit?" You know, it becomes you know the whole team wins together um, as opposed to everybody trying to compete with each other. And I think that makes it a much more healthy uh, a healthy team relationship, a healthier concept that way. During this pandemic, so many industries have been disrupted, major, major changes and shifts, particularly in food. So, I mean, I imagine having a a multifunctional kind of diverse team kind of allows you some flexibility, right? If your business plans are changing, you've got different skill sets, right, that you can kind of use to adapt yeah, absolutely. And boy, I tell you what, it, it, it March of last year, I mean, it was like, I mean, we got, we got hit in the teeth hard, right? Food industry. And especially, you know, we're on the food service side. So it's restaurants and things like that. We know everything's shut down. Uh, and we worked, we worked a lot to build our business around college and university, uh, dining, uh, business and industry. So think of uh, corporate dining and things like that. And as you can imagine, when the pandemic hit, well, all of that closed, right? And so here I am as a sales leader sitting there going, oh boy, what are we going to do? And I started doing little things first to, uh, to make sure the team was okay. Cause you've got a lot of, you know, you've got a group of, of people on a sales team that are used to being out and about. Um, you know, they, they get energy from being out in the field, from being on an airplane, flying to this account, doing that. Right. And now you're all stuck at home. And we joked around because. You know, for the first couple of months, we were like sitting on our like, you know, kitchen chairs, right? Because we don't have desks and offices in our houses, right? We were always out and out and about. And so the first thing I did was I set up a daily call with my team for 30 minutes. And I said, you know, if we, if we have stuff to talk about business, great. If we don't, we'll just chat. And um, it was really me just wanted to check in on the team and see how they're doing. And, and mental health wise, you know, and are they okay? You know, like, like what's going on? And, and I think what it did was it really brought the team closer together. Um, and, and they become more like friends than anything else. I mean, we're, we're really cohesive. We're really close. Um, so that was the start of it. And then we started saying, okay, what's going on in the marketplace, guys? What are you hearing? Reach out to all your customers. What's happening? We short up distribution, but we had to pivot, right? I was talking about college, university, BNI. You know, there's nobody, there was no colleges, you know, colleges all, all let out. Right. And, um, even now colleges aren't back at a hundred percent. So, so we, we flipped the switch and we went back and made sure we showed up our distribution. And then we started going back to kind of more of the up and down the street business, kind of what we would call pound in the pavement, you know, and, uh, and doing what we could within our own regions, you know, things opened up for a little bit, um, in other regions. So, you know, like one of my reps lives down in Florida, things are a little bit more open there. So we're leaning on him for a little bit more sales. Right. Um, whereas the person in the Northeast that's in Philadelphia and deals with New York, I mean, talk about a hard hit area. Uh, and then Hawaii, you know, we do a lot of business in Hawaii. Two very hard hit areas on lockdowns. Oh yeah. I think it's like 80 or 90% of their business down there is, is, is tourism. Right. And there's no travel. I mean, you can see boarded up hotels, but, but the rep down there went out, you know, and went to the local businesses. And what we tried to do was really hit up the local people that are, that are running small businesses 
to help them and make sure they stayed healthy. And I think what that did was it, it actually shored up our relationships with them. Uh, they appreciated that. And, uh, and we were, we're thriving. I mean, our business is doing really well, fortunately. Um, during a time where a lot of businesses aren't, um, you know, and, and thank goodness that it is food because people always have to eat. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of a stable business, kind of, kind of fortunate there. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, the, the team members really came together and, and found ways with their unique skill sets to go out there and win and, and, and kind of transition things. And in a testament to them, they had already built such good relationships that they were able to maintain them. I think the product that you sell too is uh, is pretty fascinating, right? I mean, I'd love to l- learn a little bit more about this product. Sure, sure. So uh, we're we're in the uh, the acai business, and I joke around with people uh, all the time. They ask me what I do for a living, and I tell them I sell purple fruit. And and they look at me with like the you know how a dog kind of turns their head and goes huh and. Yeah, and they they and then they come up with all sorts of things like plums, eggplants. I'm like no, acai, and they're like, oh, acai, and I'm like, well, yeah, if you're from Wisconsin, that's and I, and I can say that because I'm from Wisconsin, right? That's probably what you call it. Um, but you know, so it, it, acai is a uh, is is a really fascinating fruit. It's a Brazilian palm fruit. It grows on these trees down in Brazil naturally. Um, and it's super high in antioxidants, omegas, fatty acids, things like that. So it's it's really healthy, um, and so. Our product, it's, it's fun to sell and it does lend itself to this, uh, to this pandemic because it is healthy and people are looking for immune support and things like that. But, um, but yeah, our company, you know, we kind of started this, started this business 20 years ago. I've only been there about five years. Uh, but the idea was that they wanted to really use this product to help the, the people that live in Brazil and uh, want to stay living in the Brazilian rainforest, right? So, um, so by, by allowing them to or helping them sell this product on the open market and us buying it and whatnot, it actually allows the, the native uh, Amazonian people the, the opportunity to live where they want to live. They don't have to sell off their, their land to agro business, you know, where they come in and they, they clear cut it and everything else. So, you know, we're managing, you know, a lot of, a lot of acreage of uh, Brazilian Amazon because of this product. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, most of the time it's, it's eaten in an acai bowl, which is, you know, you take the, uh, you take the, the, the product and you blend it with your favorite uh, plant-based milk um, and maybe a frozen banana. And it makes like a real thick kind of smoothie. You pour it in a bowl, you add granola on it, fresh fruit. Um, it's really a great filling, sustainable energy kind of thing. Uh, and then the nice thing during the pandemic too, is that it's, it really makes a great smoothie. So, you know, when, when restaurant operators are trying to make grab and go products, um, you know, you can easily blend up a smoothie and hand it to somebody. There's very little interaction there, um, and it's portable and and and, and, uh, and healthy and easy to you know, for on the go. So, yeah, it's a really unique product. If you would have asked me 20 years ago when I was when I was leaving college if I would be selling acai today, I probably would have thought you were crazy. <laughs> um, but you said your your team really had to adjust, and I've talked to other people. I've had other people on the podcast that are in the food business, and they do tend to want to go to. Um, the end customer, right, and kind of show them how the product can be used and kind of work in formulations and such. So, you know, how have you adapted to that kind of environment when you, like you say, you just can't go see these businesses? Yeah, one of the big things we were, I was worried about initially was uh, in the food industry, especially on the food service side, the majority of the business that we generate is through food shows, right? Where you're, you know, the national restaurant show, you know, it's, you know, hundred hundred and some thousand people come to Chicago every year. This was the first year in a hundred years. It was canceled. Uh, I mean, it was really sad. 
Um, and then you have the, the local distributors that do different food shows. And you can imagine during a pandemic where you don't want to be touching everything, you can't have food just handing out to people and whatnot. So, Samples. Yeah, you can't do sampling. It doesn't work very well. Um, so we, we actually did a couple of things. The first thing we did was we shifted some of our travel budget and put it into advertising. So we have never done any advertising at Sambazon prior to this within trade journals. And so we partnered with, uh, with an agency to start buying some space in different trade journals that we wanted to, to get out and target certain segments. So, um, you know, so we started doing that. Uh, we, we cleaned up our website so that we had the, uh, you know, the opportunity to really generate leads through the website. And I tell you what, it started working really well. Um, you know, where we previously would only get a couple leads through our website uh, a month, we're getting like four or five a day now. Um, it's really been, really been great. And, and kudos to, to the marketing team. It's a beautiful website. It's sambazon.com. It really is a beautiful website. I mean, it really just shows this fantastic uh, purple fruit and all the different, uh, you know, ways to eat it and the, the, the super fruit packs and these energy drinks. Um, it's a very, it, it obviously it helps to sell a fun product. It, it, it does. And, and it's something that I'm passionate about. You know, when you, when you're passionate about it, it's not really selling, right? You're, I'm actually just kind of bragging to people how cool my job is and like, you should buy, we should probably buy this stuff because it's really great. Right. Um, it's just, it's, it's fun. And, uh, you know, the other thing, you know, we, we did was we, we actually partnered with a, a company that, that does a little bit that focuses on sampling so that we can make it easier to ship smaller amounts uh, at a lower rate, uh, anywhere in the country. You know, so, uh, you know, normally we work with a broker network that has samples in their office and they can go out and, uh, and get in front of people, but you couldn't really do that. So we had to send samples to people's houses. Um, we also created some videos really quickly to show how to make acai bowls um, that were real fun. And so we could send those out to people and send product through the mail or through, you know, one of the, one of the UPS or FedEx or whatever, and then they could see how to make their own bowl at home. And they could really understand that or, or at their business how to do it. So we tried to make things a lot more digital and virtual um, and, and just kind of, you know, had to shift budgets around because we weren't traveling everywhere all the time. I mean, prior to the pandemic, my team was probably on the road, including me, two to three weeks out of the month. Um, you know, so now we're sitting at home. So we shifted some of that around. And so, so yeah, so we, you know, we, we transitioned just kind of our thinking into how can we generate new leads, new business in a different way. And, uh, we kind of went old school. We went back to advertising and it, and it seems to be working. As you go back and think about the different teams that you've had or, or that you've led, like, can you break it down into, you need these three or four different skill sets that kind of show up differently? Ooh, boy, that's an interest. That's a tough question. Um, you, you mentioned the hunter and that's a, that's that forward kind of aggressive. And then you have that detail oriented person that doesn't mind, you know, getting in, in into the weeds. Cause most of people don't want to do that. You need people who are collaborators. Um, and they're not afraid to ask questions. You know, a lot of times people, uh, especially in the engineering world, don't want to admit that they don't know something. Right. Because, you know, we're really smart, right? We have to know everything. And so I, you have to have people that are very inquisitive and ask questions. One of the things, though, that I do is uh, I, I look for people who are problem solvers. And they don't have to be right all the time. So, But with my team, and, and it's hard to get this in an interview. It's kind of something that you work on and it's something that I coach. Is like if you have a problem and you don't know how to solve it, you can certainly come to me, right? Obviously, I want them to come to me because I have more experience most of the time and, and I can probably get the right answer. 
But before they do that, I want them to think about it first. And it, this all seems really cliche, right? It's solve the problem on your own first and then bring it to me. But you have to remind people of that. And so rather than just going to the quote unquote boss and asking for the answer, I tell them that they've got to come to me with some suggestions on how they would solve it. And look, they could be totally wrong, right? And I'll tell them that like, no, that's totally wrong. Here's how I would do it. But I appreciate the effort and that they actually sat and thought it through, right? And so you need that that side of it. And so, you know, I think the hunter is, is something that's great. Um, and then usually what you have to work on with the hunter is the details, right? Because they're flying around. So you've got to kind of, you've got to develop the other skills. Um, you know, if you've got somebody who's a little bit more reserved, uh, I mean, I remember taking, you know, taking the, the sales rep that I have in the West and he came out of our cafes. Um, he was working on the operations side and he's, he has a culinary background. And, uh, you know, I went into his first sales meeting with him and he started the presentation and he just kind of stared at me and went blank. And I went, and I'll take it over from here. <laughs> and I just kind of, but I laughed at it and, and we knew the people in the room and it was okay. And I didn't embarrass him by any means. But then I think I look fast forward like a year later, we walk into a, into a, into an acai shop and he walks up to the general manager and he goes, he goes, you know, he gives him his name. He goes, I'm with Sambazon and I'm here for your business. And I went, Drop the mic. I'm out. I don't even need to be here anymore. You know, and so it just took him learning and getting some confidence. And I coached him. I was like, before you go into a presentation, if you have to practice in front of the mirror, do it. I go, it sounds weird, but if you're not comfortable with the material, you have to get comfortable with it. And so, so you coach him up on that. So, you, you know, I think what I'm saying is, is that, you know, they're going to have a skill that you want, but you're going to have to coach up some of the other skills, right? Um, and you have to identify where the, where some of the areas are that they need help and you have to work on it with them. You have to be very frank about it, right? That's what, you know what, I think you've just hit the nail on the head. I think that's the, that's what I was trying to get at. It's not so much that you're trying to identify, okay, I've got a hunter or I have, you know, this particular skill set. They all have the, the, the sales skills. It's just that they have some predominant skills and traits that show up. And those are the skills that they're going to lean on. But you are able to look at what's the weak set? What, what's the weaker skill set? that you don't have, that you're lacking, that's what you've helped them identify and that's what you've helped them and coached them. So now they're more well-rounded. So the hunter is now more detail-oriented. The more reserved person can be more assertive. I mean, that's like the perfect, you know, development of the team. Yeah, it's almost like I had a book to read or something, but I didn't. I think I just kind of made this up as I went. <laughs> well, but, see, but that's why we have these conversations because yeah. so many people have their superpower at work and it just shows up. and. Uh, sometimes we kind of think out loud and there it is. That's, it's just become very crystal clear. You know, your teams are naturally going to be diverse, right? Because everyone has these different skill sets. The trick of the sales leader is to figure out, okay, where do I strengthen, you know, those weak areas? Right. And I remember we used to, we used to not be able to call them weaknesses, right? And I was like, why? They're areas of opportunity. Right? <laughs> That's the sales speak. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You don't have any weaknesses. We just have some areas of opportunity. Uh, well, this has been extremely, uh, actually enlightening because I, you know, I kind of walked into this thinking, okay, you were specifically targeting, you know, diversity. I think what's happened is you just, um, naturally, you know, uh, developed a diverse team and then rounded them out. Yeah. I think that's kind of what happened. I think actually I got a little bit lucky, right? Which is fine. But uh, my, my martial arts instructor used to say, chance favors the prepared mind. Who's going to argue with the black belt? I'm not. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Not me. Uh, a surfing black belt. 
I'll have to, uh, we'll have to see if we can find an interesting photograph for that one. There um, you go. Well, that is, this has been, you know, very insightful. And I think also it's a, it's a great indication of what's happening in the food service world. And, you know, if people want to learn more about Sambazon, you know, where can they go? Like if they want to try this new product, where can they kind of jump in and, and find it? You know, like, like where can they buy it? Yeah, so we actually have a really great tool on our website, www.sambazon.com, where it's a find find our products. It's a product locator. So you can go in there, type in your zip code, and it'll tell you what products are at what stores. Um, but we, I mean, I can tell you this, we're in... Grocery stores from, you know, from small to large, natural stores, you know, any, anywhere you can think of, we're, we're probably there. Just look for us in the frozen aisle, uh, likely over by the, the frozen fruit and whatnot. And uh, buy, I encourage people to start out, buy some smoothie packs and uh, go home and make your first bowl. Uh, we've got a lot of recipe ideas on our website. Check out our, our social media. Check out our Instagram. We're always showing things on there. Um, so, yeah, it's a really, really great way to start your day and feel healthy and, and uh it's it's good it's good for the soul. Well, it, like I said, it's a really it looks like a cool product, and I was just checking. There's like 25 locations near me, so no excuses for me. Um, let's also highlight: if are there any open positions right now that you or anyone in your company is trying to identify? Perhaps someone's listening to this and they're they're interested. Is there a, a particular need now within the company? Uh, I don't think right now we we are we actually had the benefit of, of bringing in a few people uh, over the last couple of months during the pandemic, so that was great um, and, and lean forward. But um, but I would certainly encourage anybody who is interested in Sambazon or would like to, to work with Sambazon uh, to reach out to us. Um, reach out however you feel comfortable. Um, I'm sure you know we can get my contact information in there somewhere. Um, and that's fine. I also do advise uh, another great organization called the Plant-Based Food Association, uh, which is a nonprofit that focuses on helping bring uh, plant-based companies to life and uh, helping them get distribution and sales. And there's a lot of activity in that space right now um, and a lot of companies that are looking for good talent. So I would encourage you to reach out as well uh, to, uh, on, that, on that account. And how do they get connected with that? Is there a, a Can you give the name of that uh, again and maybe a website? Yeah, it's the, it's, it's the Plant-Based Food Association, and I don't know the website. Plant-Based uh, Food Association. Huh. Yeah, I think we can yes. probably get it from that. The, the PBFA. But, yeah, if you can search that out, you can certainly reach out to uh, to them and um, and hopefully can connect you with one of the – there's over 250 members, I believe, member companies. So there's a lot of activity out there, yeah. a lot of opportunity. Yeah, that's a great tip. I appreciate that, That is Well, thank you for being with us today and, and kind of breaking down, you know, the advantages of having this, you know, diverse, multifunctional team and – uh, I'm sure we will have another episode at some point with you again. Well, I look forward to it. This was fun. My first podcast. It was exciting. And uh, I certainly hope that anybody listening to this actually gets uh, some useful information. Oh, absolutely. And, and a, a new uh, smoothie blend. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you very much, thank Tony. Thank you, Thaddeus.